0: Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. In Ephesians 1, 7, it says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. So there are actions that God has done for us, actions we call grace such as redemption. Redemption is something that God, through the blood of Jesus, through the sacrifice, through his death, burial, and resurrection, he has given to us, which is for the forgiveness of sins, and this is according to the riches of his grace. There is an inexhaustible grace that God has for each and every one of us, but we have to be willing to access that grace. We have to be willing to ask we have to be willing to knock. We have to be willing to sow. We have to be willing to act on those things just like with redemption. It is there for humanity. You know, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. Well, that salvation is there for the whole world. It's not uh, segregated to any particular nation not segregated to particular gender, whether it be male or female. It is there for everyone to receive. No matter how old you are, salvation and the redemption that God has provided for us in Christ is for everyone. It is there, but every person, each one individually, must ask. You know, the Bible tells us that in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, It teaches us and tells us how we access that grace of salvation which is provided for us. We know that it is by grace through faith we are saved. And this action of grace that God has provided through called redemption, called salvation, these two different areas here is two different ways of theology that we speak concerning describing the things that God has done, which we have. Well, out of Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it tells us, It says that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You know, it is very important today that we understand that that action of grace is available, but how do we access it? If anyone will confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead, they shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, verse 10 says, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You know, That is so important today. And when he's talking about confession, he's talking about speaking. You know, I think this is so important today because we're talking about how to receive grace. We have to be willing to receive. You know, oftentimes I find as Christians, we're good at giving, probably better than than receiving. But it is important that we learn how to receive. You know, we can't have pride that keeps us from receiving. We can't be uh, too... uh, in our own eyes, I guess, too humble to receive. You know, when God's trying to bless you, when he's trying to increase you, when he's trying to give you grace, we don't want to reject that grace because we're too prideful that we can't receive the grace. We need to humble ourselves before God and we need not to have a false piety, a false humility that acts like we don't need it. We don't, you know, we can do it on our own kind of thing. Uh, You're not going to do this life on your own. Uh, You're not going to receive from God on your own. We're going to have to learn to trust in God, to receive of his grace. And I tell you, church, it's so important today. It's right here for you today, but you have to receive it. You know, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Let's go there, Matthew 7, verse 7. I tell you, it's so important. We're talking about receiving grace today. We're talking about learning how to receive. We We need to receive. You know, here's how Jesus said to receive. Take a look at this. Verse 7, Matthew 7, verse 7. It says, ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened unto you. Look at verse 8. For everyone that asketh, what? Receiveth. You see that? Everyone that asks, receives. He that seeks, finds. To him that knocks, it will be opened. You know, oftentimes I believe that as as Christians, we hear this and this is what we do. We immediately say, okay, I'm going to ask, or I'm going to uh, seek, and I'm go- or I'm going to knock. And we do. We start well. We might ask once. We might ask twice. We might knock a couple of times. But oftentimes we quit. Why? Because in reality, we're not believing what Jesus said. Where he said, you ask, it'll be given. You seek. You seek you'll find you knock and it'll be open. You know, one of the things that the Bible teaches us about asking. You know, the Bible tells us and and I like what Matthew chapter or I'm sorry, Mark chapter 11. Let's look there real quick. I'm going to teach just for a little bit today. I think this will help you. The Bible says concerning prayer, concerning asking, concerning our communication of our faith, the confession of our mouth. This profession that we have concerning what we believe in our heart, look in verse, if you will, 22. Jesus said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. That's trusting God, trusting God's faithfulness. Have faith in God. And I think that is very important. You know, if you're going to ask, you need to have faith in God. That you'll receive. If you're going to seek, have faith in God. You will find. If you're going to knock, have faith in God. It will be open. You don't just ask once and if you don't see it right away or if it's not looking like it's happening right now, do we quit? Do we give up? Now we take matters in our own hands. No. Have faith in God. Look at verse 23. It says, for verily I say unto you that whosoever will say, that your confession, unto this mountain, be thou removed. You know, when you confess the Lord Jesus, you believed in your heart that God had raised him from the dead. You know, the Bible says when you confess, you will be saved. Isn't that beautiful? Confession unto salvation. Well, if you begin this process of understanding of prayer, you begin this understanding of asking, it'll be given, seeking, you'll find, knock, it'll be open. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. He that seeketh, findeth. He that knocketh, shall be opened. Here the Bible says, Have faith in God for whosoever. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, verse 23, Be removed. Be cast into the sea. And here's a key. Shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. See, we need to understand that We need to believe what Jesus says. We believe what the Bible says. We believe what the Bible says, then we're going to believe in our heart, just like the Bible says that we believe in our heart. Confession is made into salvation. Believe in our heart into righteousness. Why? Was it the work that we did saved us? No, it was the work that God did in Christ, but our faith in what God has done because we heard of Jesus, we believed in our heart that he is the Son of God, You know, your mind will doubt oftentimes. The things around you, your flesh, the things around you might not change immediately. Your flesh might still have things in it that needs to be overcome, brought under subjection, reprogrammed by the renewing of your mind, by how you implement that grace that you have received in your life. You know, again, I said this earlier, that... God's grace is inexhaustible. That means he, you, there is more grace than what you've received. He still has a whole lot more grace for you, a lot more things that you can receive from him. Your salvation is a continual development of your walk of faith and development of that. It doesn't mean that you're not saved, it means that you are saved, but you're going to work out that salvation by the faith that you have in what God has done for you. You can limit that salvation, many people do, because they doubt God, they doubt the grace, they doubt that there's more, they doubt that there's anything more, they doubt that God can do it. And now, they won't say that necessarily, but in the way they believe, in their doctrine sometimes, in the way that they think about God, in the way they think about asking, in the way they think they can receive what they can receive from God. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us that uh, you can't ask God for anything. No, it tells us asking for whatever it is in your heart. You can ask. Now, here we can understand something is important because the Bible tells us here, it says here talking about a mountain. He says, if you believe that you'd say to the mountain, be removed, believe in... Uh, in your heart, if you don't doubt in your heart but believe that the things which you say will come to pass, you'll have whatsoever you say. You see that? Verse 24, therefore I say to you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray. So he is actually talking about prayer there. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. When you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught. Against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. If you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive you your trespasses. See, oftentimes we leave that out. We wonder why sometimes our prayer life isn't working, why things aren't working. Well, because we're not bringing our flesh and mind and areas under control. We're carrying unforgiveness within us, we're carrying wrongs done, we're carrying things within our heart and our mind. In ways that hinder our prayer life, the grace of God working in our life. Hindering the things, how we receive them. Hindering our confession, our prayer life. You know, when you lean to the flesh, you'll reap of the flesh. The Bible says destruction, corruption. You'll reap of it. But if you'll walk in the spirit, you'll also reap. In the spirit. You know, the spirit of faith, the Bible says, is connected to speaking. So here we're talking about how Jesus said and taught about prayer. He's talking about prayer here. He said, believe in your heart. But also there's a connection to forgiving. So just as God has forgiven us, we're called to forgive one another. You know, we need to live a a lifestyle of being quick to forgive, quick to repent. And quick to believe God. You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4.13. Because some people might say, well, that's impossible. You don't know what's been done. You don't know my life. You don't know. Well, God knows. God also has forgiven you all your trespasses and sins. When you ask God to forgive you, the Bible says he will forgive you. But he also tells us you can't hold things in your heart. You can't hold things. You have to forgive others. Now, it doesn't always mean that you forget everything that's been done. No, but it does tell because you have to renew your mind and bring thoughts under subjection. But look at 2 Corinthians 4.13. It tells us that we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. You see that? The Bible says having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So the Bible tells us that we have received. But this spirit of faith, we having the same spirit of faith. The same spirit of faith as who? Well, the same spirit of faith as David. The same spirit of faith as Jesus. The same spirit of faith as Paul. The same spirit of faith uh, that was in Peter. Uh, we having the same spirit of faith. The same spirit of faith that we have in one another. And let me just say this. It's very unique, as I've always heard, that uh, this spirit of faith can be caught as well, not just taught, but it can be developed. Once you've received the spirit of faith, which you have received in Christ, you now develop that spirit of faith by what you believe, by the meditation of the Word of God, by how you hear, because we know faith comes by hearing. So that spirit of faith is being developed. But here's something about the spirit of faith. We believe, therefore we speak. We believe, therefore, we speak. So what are you speaking? What you believe. What are you speaking? It's what you believe. We have to learn to get our speaker connected to our believer. You know what your speaker is? Your speaker is your tongue. Your believer is your spirit. You know, Jesus said in Luke 6, 45. Luke 6, 45. Let's look there. We're talking about receiving grace. This is very important to learn how to receive from God. Understanding the receiver. Again, you've got to get your believer connected to your receiver. Your receiver is your spirit. Luke 6, 45 says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. You see, the spirit of faith is received and developed. It's further developed by hearing the word, meditating on the word, praying out what the word has said, speaking out and confessing what the word has said. You know, one of the things that is so important as a new Christian or as a believer, and this is something I continually do today. I've been a believer for all of my life in Christ. But let me just say it like this. We need to understand that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Your identity is very important. What you believe concerning your identity. You see, a person, the Bible says here, Jesus said, an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. If your tongue, your speaker is connected to the old man, the old thing that God said has been washed away, has been done away with, if you somehow want to try to resurrect that old man at times because of whatever reason, whatever that might be, you know, I often think of it like this. Dead men don't talk. Dead men don't speak. And I learned a long time ago, to try and understand the reality of the new birth that the old man has passed away. You know, Ephesians tells us, in Ephesians chapter 4, it tells us, put on the new man. Take off the old man. Put on the new man, which is created in righteousness and true holiness. You know, I'm going to say something. This is very, very important for you to hear what I'm about to say right now. What is the goal of your Christianity? What is the goal of... That is the target that the Bible teaches us that we're trying to achieve. You ready? Holiness. Holiness. Without holiness, no man will see the Lord. What is holiness? That is a dying to the old man. It is a complete renewal and direction and development of of our mind. It is the very characteristic and life of God being developed in us. That is not a religious term. Uh, An immature man of God or woman of God will think, well, I'd, I'm not really trying to be holy. You know, we get these cliches, well, don't be holier than thou. You know, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody. We often give a lot of passes oftentimes to ourselves, in ways of resurrecting the old man. But we're not called to resurrect the old man. We're to put off the old man in the lust thereof. We're to put off the actions of the old man. We ought to renew our mind and train our tongue how to talk. We're, t- we're called to get our speaker connected to our believer, which is the spirit man, which was created in righteousness and true holiness, and then talk like that. We're not to uh, be in any kind of resemblance of the world. We have to learn to put off the worldly man, put off the old man. You know, put it this way. Your water baptism is a funeral. Your water baptism is the day you buried the old man. That is where you get your faith connected to the death that you just put under. And you're being resurrected into newness of life. You reckon yourselves to be alive unto God and dead unto sin. Jesus condemned sin in the flesh, so we bury the old man That you might reckon the new man to be alive unto God, and now you wanna get your believer connected to your, or your speaker connected to your believer. Come on. And that's an understanding of how you're gonna begin now to live the life that God designed and has and planned for you the good life, the life that God has for every person, the grace, the overwhelming, inexhaustible abundance of grace coming into our life, living that life. Jesus called it the abundant life. You know, the Bible says the enemy, your your enemy, the devil, Satan, the Bible says of him, he goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. How does he do that? By attacking your identity first. You know, one of the things that he did, if you look at how the devil works, he first goes after your identity. How does he do that with you? He tries to get your speaker connected to a dead man that you buried and you trying to resuscitate a dead man. You know, I've done funerals before. I've done many water baptisms as well. You need to understand the dead man that you put into that ground does not speak. He's not even tempted to the things of this world. That, you know, I've never seen a dead man ask me for some, uh, you know, for a, a joint, a marijuana joint. I've never seen a dead man drinking a fifth of scotch or something. Are you with me? I've never seen a dead man cursing and, and acting like the world. I've never seen a dead man acting and behaving in a manner that is unrighteous. A dead man has no feeling and no sense of that any longer. He is dead indeed unto sin. Romans 6, 6 says, we are dead indeed unto sin that the very life of God, might come alive and be fulfilled in us. And that is so important today. You know, the spirit of faith is received and developed. It's further developed by continuing hearing the word, meditating on the word, praying out what the word has said about us. So it's so, so important today that you and I, we learn to speak what God says. This is not a one time asking. It's not a one-time confession. It's not a one-time knock. It's not a one-time uh, seeking after. No, it's a continuation daily. It's something that we do. It's some, we renew our mind. When th- that part of your mind gets renewed, glory to God, then it's a reaction of, of areas that we already have because it begins to set the boundaries because we're pursuing after holiness, Because we're going towards the way, what is holiness? The very characteristic and the life of God of who he is. God is holy. And understanding that God has called each and every one of us into a life of holiness. Will you make mistakes along? Sure. But a righteous man will get up. The Bible says he might fall seven times, but he's gonna get up. He's gonna dust himself off, and he's gonna say, then he'll renounce the hidden things of dishonesty, the hidden things of darkness, and he will pursue after that which is righteous, that which is holy. That's an understanding of seeking, that's a pursuit. What are you pursuing after today? Are you still pursuing after the things of this world, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the lust of the eye? You know, those things don't bring anything but destruction in every area of your life. We can't serve God in the system of this world. It's so important today. We are to receive God's grace in the conveying of every good thing. You know, the Bible says every good thing comes down from the Father above. And that's his grace that's being conveyed upon us in our life. We have to learn how to receive. We often are better at giving than receiving. We are to be connected to it. You know, Matthew 10, 8 says this. Jesus talked about that which we have received. He goes about to say, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. You know, the Bible tells us that we're not meant to be like the Dead Sea. You know what the Dead Sea is, right? You know, it's a real place in Israel, the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is where the rivers, they convey into it, but there is no outflow. Whenever everything's flowing into you, you're not called to be the Dead Sea where we're coming to church, you're watching this live today. Maybe you're hearing this on a podcast or something like that right now. Well, you're not called to just receive. You're called to freely give what you've received. Well, how am I supposed to do that? What you're hearing today, you you act on it tomorrow. You act on it today. Everywhere that you go, you take the gospel to the world. You take the gospel to the world. Freely, you've received your salvation and redemption. Now you freely give that away. You need to get your believer... Your speaker connected to your believer out of the abundance of the heart, out of the abundance of the treasure of the heart, that which you've received in the spirit, you freely give. And why is that so important? So that you can be filled up again because God has more. God wants to fill you up again when it becomes a dead sea on the inside of you. Next thing you know, you're complacent with your walk. You're not, you begin to lean to your own understanding. You know, we begin to make excuse why we don't witness, why we're not living the life, or we're not healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, why we're not being that witness. Be who you are. And who are you? You're not the man or woman of this world. You're a man and woman of God. You've been born of God. If you've been born of God, freely give that which you've been born of. Sow the seed in others. Freely give that which you have received. You know, we're to be an overflow to the world, to all of those around us. You know, often we want to flow just inside the church walls to one another. Yeah, we should edify one another. We should encourage one another to do what? To be an outflow into the world. We need to be... Edifying one another, building each other up to be an outflow to the world. But if you, hem, if you keep that hemmed up on the inside of you and you don't have an outflow, you'll eventually be the dead Sea. You'll feel dead inside. You'll feel dead. There, there's no outflow. You're constantly trying to get healed yourself. You're constantly trying to receive more and receive more. But it's, nothing's working. Why isn't it working? Because it's not alive in you. You have to have an outflow for it to be living. A living waters, living waters is something that's coming in and going out. You know, Jesus said it like this in John chapter 7, verse 37. Look in this, John chapter 7, verse 37. He said, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come in, come unto me and drink. i tell you, that's so important. You know, Jesus didn't say, come unto me and think. He said, come unto me and drink. We have to have a drinking relationship with Jesus. We have to hear the word and receive it. We have to drink it in. We need to meditate on the word. We need to drink it in. When it comes to the Holy Spirit of God, we need to drink in the Holy Spirit. He's like the wine. Come on. He is like the Bible tells us he's new wine. Come on. That's what we're supposed to be drinking in. We're supposed to be drinking in the Holy Ghost. We're supposed to be building that relationship with the Spirit. Whatever you're pursuing after is what you're going to get full of. You can't have one foot here and one foot there. It don't work. If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said. You see, it goes back to believing. Out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Why? Because you've received, as the scripture has said. When you receive, when you're drinking in, when you're receiving from God, there is an outflow because there's rivers flowing into you. And he wants rivers flowing out of you. Out of of your belly will flow rivers of living water. The Bible says in verse 39, But this spake he of the Spirit, which that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Well, we're living in the glorified time. And the Holy Spirit is, is real and he wants to have an intimate relationship with you and you an intimate relationship with him. Receiving him. Receiving, drinking him in. Drinking the very revelation of the word of God. Drinking in the very, the very person of the Holy Spirit. And then having an outflow of that. Everywhere, to everyone. How do you know you believe it? Because it's flowing out of you. When you believe, as the scripture has said, something will start to flow out of you. If you stop that, what for? Why would you stop that flow? Oh, well, they don't want to hear. Who said they don't want to hear? Jesus didn't say, well, uh, just take it to everybody who wants to hear you. No, he said, preach the gospel to every creature, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every person. He didn't say just to those who you think want to hear. He said, preach the gospel to everyone. He commanded them, he said, go preach the gospel to every nation. Now there'll be those who do hear and there'll be those who don't hear, but that's not up to you to decide who should hear and who shouldn't hear. All creatures should hear. The Bible said that we're supposed to preach the gospel to every person, every creature, every nation. And that is a very key to the commandment that Jesus has given to you and given to me. He didn't say, well, just preach it to the ones you feel. Like you can preach that to. No, he says preach the gospel to every believer, to every creature. Making disciples. You know, it is very important that we have an outflow. You know, it's amazing how that, you know, small conversation leads into deep conversation. But it's an outflow because it's who you are. You have to be who you be. Come on, Jesus said it like this when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter one, verse eight. I love that. Let's read that, Acts chapter one, verse eight. Because in there, Acts chapter one, verse eight, Jesus said, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Come on, we have to receive the power, but you receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Jesus said, those who believe on me as the scripture has said, come on, going to receive this spirit, going to receive, come on, we need to receive the Holy Ghost. We need to receive this. Here He says, you'll be witnesses unto me. You'll be witnesses unto me. You'll be witnesses. You will be witness. You'll be a witness unto me. So out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Freely you have received, freely give. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you've received, freely give. Come on. You know, we're talking about receiving the grace. There's a lot that you have received, but you need to act on that grace that you have received for more to be given. Are you hearing me? You know, there was a time in Mark chapter 10. This is the story of the rich young ruler. In Mark chapter 10, verse 21 the Bible says this man, he comes running up to Jesus. He slides on his knees and he comes up to him. And the Bible says in Mark chapter 10, verse 21, it says, Jesus beholding him loved him and said to him, there's one thing that you lack. Now, this man had said, look, I'm a believer. I have lived my life according to the commandments and I've done everything I'm supposed to do. I want to be your disciple. I want to follow after you. And Jesus said, okay. He says, I, and he loved him. And he said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatsoever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. See, he's talking about now, you notice there, he says, you're talking about giving right there, and he's talking about you laying up treasure when you give. But I mean, just throw a key in here with this understanding. He goes on to saying, come, take up the cross and follow me. Take up the cross and follow me. Come and take up the cross. And follow me, what he's talking about was the, your identity in Christ. From now on, you have to identify according to your death upon the cross. Why did I say that? You know, Paul said it like this in Galatians 2.20. Look at Galatians 2.20. This is very important. Paul said, again, when he, con- when he talks about his identity, Paul said in Galatians 2.20, He said, I am crucified with Christ. You see that? I am crucified with Christ. Take up the cross. I am crucified. I am crucified. You have to see yourself crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, he said, I live. You know, your identity is very important because Satan will come and attack your identity in Christ. He'll tell you, you're not, you're not as saved as you think you are. Oh, here's what you want. Here's who you are. Here's what you need to do. He'll try to get you to identify with the, with the old man, whether it was an, uh, the old man was lustful, whether the old man was uh, angry, whether the old man had hatred, while the old man uh, was poor, while the old man was whatever he was. He wants you to identify like that. You know, one of the first things that Satan did when he came to Jesus, he said, if you be the son of God, if you be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. You know, Jesus did not have to prove anything to the devil, and I love that. Jesus showed us the way how to deal with when Satan comes to you. If you be saved, if you be a Christian, if you be healed, if you be rich, if you be whatever in Christ, if you be, see, he will challenge the very grace that God has conveyed upon your life. If you be saved, if the old man is dead, then why do you? He will challenge your identity. But I love what Jesus said. Jesus quoted out of Deuteronomy, and he said this in Matthew 4.4. He said this. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You know, it's so important today that we believe what he has spoken. Jesus spoke to that rich young man, and he told him, he said, whatsoever you have. You know what that means right there? You know what I believe what that means right there? the same thing that Jesus said. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. When we have believed because we have heard upon Jesus, we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, we shall be saved because we are believing the truth of the identity that we can have. I am crucified with Christ. No longer the old man has dominion over me. No longer does sin have any place in my life. I am Holy as God is holy. I am walking and working out my salvation. I'm applying this new creation. I am applying this new life in my life. I am receiving of the grace that God has provided for me. All grace inside of Christ. I am acting upon the things in which the word of God has spoken. I'm living according to that which he has said. That which is proceeded out of his mouth. The written word of God. Jesus as it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. He's quoting out of Deuteronomy. When the children of Israel was hungered, he was hungry, and Satan tried to tempt him. You know, you will have temptation. How you respond needs to be on the level of the word. You're gonna be tempted in your soul, you'll be tempted of the devil, you'll be tempted by your flesh. The devil will use other people to try to tempt you, to get you to act in ways that is not walking according to the spirit, but according to the flesh. That's why we need to put off the things of the flesh. We put off the things of this world. And put on the new man, which is created in Christ Jesus, which is created in righteousness and true holiness. And don't play around with those things. Oh, I can do a little. God's all right with that. No, he's not. Somebody lied to you. No, you're, you're, you're listening to the, to the uh, temptation and the, the lust of the flesh and of the devil to try to tempt you to get you to fall, to get you to falter, to get you out of the way that you should go. To live according to the life that God has graced you to, to have and to live. And there's an abundance of grace. You know, this rich, rich young ruler, after he heard what Jesus said, the Bible says he got up, he got off his knees from worshiping him, got up, and walked away from Jesus. This is the Son of God. God manifested. This is Jesus. And he got up from worshiping him. Oh, I will follow you. I love you. And he got up and walked away sorrowful because he didn't want to go that far. When Jesus said, whatsoever you have, sell whatsoever you said, what he's saying is, is, there is nothing in this world that you, need to put on the same plane or level when it comes to your following Christ. That means there is nothing in this life that you don't need to be willing to let go of no matter what it costs you. We need to let go of everything that's in this world or be willing to let go of everything if it gets gets in the way of serving Christ, gets in the way of serving God. It gets in the way of following after him. It gets in the way of our asking, our seeking, and knocking. And what I mean by that is when we ask, we need to believe that we receive. Jesus said it. He said, when you stand praying, believe. Remember when you pray, believe that you receive, and you'll have it. Well, it didn't happen when I thought it was going to happen. So we just get up from worship and walk away from Jesus, or do we wait upon the Lord? Because we have believed, we will see it. It will come to pass. Because you believe, you don't quit. You know, that is so important. You know, Mark chapter 10, verse 29, here's what Jesus said would be the outcome. This is the grace being bestowed whenever we act upon the word, whatever it might be, whether it be sowing. The Bible says, sow And you shall reap. That's giving and receiving. And we need to learn to receive because even the Bible tells us that when we sow, we sow sparingly, we reap sparingly. We sow bountifully, we reap bountifully. I wanna have a bountiful life. I wanna have bountiful grace. The Bible says from that, that all God is able to make all grace abound toward us. So there's a giving and receiving, there's a sowing, there's a reaping, there's a praying and there's a believing and there's a receiving. There is a, knock, there's a uh, knocking and finding. There's a seeking. Come on, and finding, there's a knocking and opening. Uh, here, uh, concerning this rich young ruler, when the disciples saw this man get up and walk away, it, it astonished them what Jesus said to him. Because in their religious mind, they still haven't renewed their mind and how this works. But Jesus answered and said to them, in verse 29 of Mark 10, Jesus answered and said, Verily I say to you, there's no man that ever has left house, brethren, sisters, father, mother, wife, or children, lands for my sake, and the gospels. Verse 30, But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, children, and lands with persecutions, and in the world to come, eternal life. You see, there was something connected to that that was a lot greater than what Jesus had asked him to turn away from. Because Jesus knew that there was something that he would hold on to. What is it in your life today that you're willing to hold on to, that you're not willing to surrender over unto God? Is it the way of life? Have you committed your way unto God? Proverbs 16, 3, Psalms 37, 5. Have you committed your works unto God? Commitment doesn't mean you take it back. doesn't mean now you start to perform it. You start to do it. You start to handle it in the flesh, in your own reasoning, in your own mind, by what the world tells you to do. No, you commit your works. You commit your ways unto God. And the Bible says your thoughts will be established. The Bible says you'll find out that the good things will begin to come to you. Grace will be abounding towards you. So Jesus said, if you will follow him, if you'll take up the cross and you'll follow him, here's the outcome. These are the outcomes. You know, the enemy would love to destroy the things in life. The Bible says that the devil comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly, John 10, 10. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.